You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Merry Christmas, Frankie. Merry Christmas, Adam. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a lovely year it's been as well. It's been pretty great, hasn't it? Hmm. Gone. Um. I mean, you know, aside from all the new listeners, we've we've also been watching some cracking stories. Can I just remind you of the stories that we've please we've discussed? I'd so, love that. The Veiled Lady, The Lost Mine, The Cornish Mystery, Double Sin. The Adventure of the Cheap Flat, The Kidnapped Prime Minister, The Adventure of the Western Star, The Mysterious Affair at Styles, How Does Your Garden Grow, The Million Dollar Bond Robbery, The Plymouth Express, Wasp's Nest, The Tragedy at Marsden Manor, Double Clue, The Mystery of the Spanish Chest, The Theft of the Royal Ruby, The Affair at the Victory Ball, The Mystery of Hunter's Lodge, and The ABC Murders. Wow. As well as two interviews as well one with Hugh Fraser and one with Pauline Moran I mean what a year what a year god that's been pretty fun I reckon some pretty good Mm. stories in there and (laughs) yeah what a little journey we've been on it's great Mm. yeah we're still the little podcast that could now it's grown into something a bit more I don't know not respectable, but <laughs> definitely not respectable. More. Damned offensive, if anything, I think. You're damned offensive. <laughs> Dirty swine. Dirty swine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think it's because I'm going to take away any credit for us and give it all back to the incredibly wonderful, engaged community around Agatha Christie and Poirot. Mm. Everyone's out there. This is the thing. All the Poirot fans are out there. It's just been a case of. Finding them and them finding us. And we're just all coming together in a wonderful little Poirot party. As well, like the whole Poirot audience, they all seem to be of a certain type, you know? They're nice. All very sexy. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> very attractive. Like... <laughs> oh, oh, of course. Into some weird sexual kinks. Well, really into the into uh, coins in places that perhaps one wouldn't normally put a coin, but yeah. Yeah. It's been the best. I mean, last year was great and it's just getting better, which is mm. which is exciting, isn't it? For our, we've been yeah. going what a year and a half? Yeah. Yeah, and we've got about the same to go. <sighs> in the end. Before it's curtains. <laughs> <laughs> and there've been um, lots of exciting developments this year. Obviously, we yes, had Mr. Fraser and Miss Moran on. Mm-hmm. We've recently partnered with Mr. Suchet himself, as people will have seen if they're a yes, or an Instagram user. We've. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of that moment, by the way? That was pretty nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give everyone a little bit of backstory about how this came about because it was very 
fortuitous. And I, it's not a sentence I say often, but thanks, Instagram, because it's been really good to us this year. It really has. The lovely Paul, who runs the social accounts for the Poirot and More Tour, which is an interesting phrase to say, Mordor. Uh, Mordor. Uh, and it's starting again <laughs> next year, by the way, for anyone in the UK. So do check that out. But uh, he found our Instagram account and he sent a message in saying, I'm filming with David Suchet today and I'm going to show him your Instagram account. And I, you know, I don't like to you know, insist on anything. And I'm not a, that kind of person, but I was like, oh, that's amazing. Obviously, wow, very jealous. Just, you know, tell him we love him. And, you know, apparently he's heard of the podcast, but, you know, feel free to remind him. Hee <laughs> finger guns. Um, and then <laughs> didn't, like, he sent some like photos and stuff from behind the scenes. I was like, oh, that's, that's so cool. That's amazing. And then I didn't realize it, but he had filmed him looking at our Instagram account, which was... Mm-hmm insane and he was like do you want to collaborate on a post and i was like uh oh go on then why not i guess so uh and it's yeah very 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 cool very cool mm, very cool yeah um yeah and you know who knows maybe further collaborations will follow we're working on it this is yeah for every person that commented is he coming on the podcast now surely he's coming on the podcast now thank you for that because we can't we don't want to say it But if other people can say it, that's great. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Mm. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Let's just say we're working on it. (laughs) Yes. I also want to say thank you to... So Instagram has been really exciting this year. And also we are now, hey, fellow kids, we're now on TikTok. (laughs) And we've, we've been gaining some young youth listeners. The next generation of Poirot fans is joining us as well. So hello, kids. How's how's it hanging? Do they say that still? The kids? Yeah. You're really her her cool with the kids. Oh, Oh. to her cool for school. That's me. So, yes. What what a time we're having. One of the greatest gifts for this year, because obviously we're in holiday mood. We're not reviewing an episode today, but we we have got lots of Poirot loveliness to to discuss with you. But um, one of the best things about this year has been all the messages and interactions we've got. Yes. So me and Frankie decided to... Because we haven't had a chance to read them all. You've, you've been very prolific this year with all of your messages. Oh boy, yes. We thought now might be a good time to, to share the love as everyone's in a, a warm and festive mood. Yeah. Um, I have an email here from, from Tony Foreman, who says, Dear Frankie and Adam, I recently returned from a trip up the Orinoco, <laughs> where we'd been in portage around white water all day, <laughs> and I was pretty exhausted, I can tell you. Anyway, I just discovered your wonderful podcast, and I say, you two have such wonderful chemistry and whimsy in reviewing each episode of this most excellent production. You balance a deft deconstruction of Christie's plots and mysteries with a unique humorous banter that makes listening to you while racing around in your Lagonda delight. <laughs> this is the man I need to get to know. This is the, the man of my dreams. Carry on. <laughs> What's more, scoring an interview with a charming, humorous and handsome Mr. Hugh Fraser must have been a great honour. It was. And it let really me tell was. you, he's even more handsome when he's talking. When you see that, oh well, I mentioned it at the time, but when, you, when you're talking to him and you see the smile, the, the, the hasting smile break out of his face, mm-hmm. I swooned many times. <laughs> uh, I agree with you in your assessment that Hugh could and should have played James Bond. Quite right. If the Broccoli's and Saltzmans are listening, and I'm sure... They definitely are. are. I think they came in through TikTok, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the talkers. Uh, he's got the goods. I was also so pleased to listen to your interview with Pauline Moran. She's such a talented actress and musician and a wonderful person. At least that's what I've heard since I've never met her, since I was not a fellow cast member or anything. Don't know why I even mentioned that. Never mind, Tony. I, I embarrass myself in front of Pauline many times when you're in that corner. <laughs> not at uh, all. Anyway, I've been considering writing a review for your podcast. In fact, tomorrow's the last day. I've marked it in my diary. It says, decide about review. <laughs> to not do so would make me a dirty swine. Dirty swine. Yours truly, Fru Hazer. Very good, Tony. Nice one. I hope you did write a review. That was a great email. And you make some very good points there, Tony. We haven't actually talked about the fact that Pauline Moran came on the podcast. I know we talked about it a lot in the run-up. <laughs> we may have mm. mentioned it a couple of times. <laughs> I feel like we need to react to the fact that we had Pauline Moran on the podcast. I know. And it's just a dream. Un- like, you know when they say, like, don't meet your heroes? The full sentence is, don't meet your heroes unless they're Pauline Moran. Because, oh my God, she's the coolest woman on the planet ever to have walked the earth and she was even more amazing than we expected wasn't she i was expecting miss lemon i was expecting some <laughs> someone who was very much miss lemon in that you know we were going to have to sort of coax the warmth yes you know, maybe sort of melt her heart with a few compliments that kind of thing she showed up as soon as the camera went on the hugest smile on her face she was <sighs> so happy to be here and she kept cracking jokes there were loads loads of stuff you know i mean obviously that edit that mm. interview was edited but she talked so much about you know her background and there were so many little moments where we were talking and you just see the grin on her face it's yeah. hard to get it across in a podcast but she was so warm so friendly so lovely and so funny as well like, so she funny just, she was cracking jokes all the way through before and after as well yeah she was just the best yeah absolutely adored her yeah absolutely she was so candid and open and and also incredibly humble and modest like whenever adam and i there were moments we had to kind of pull back on how much praise we were lavishing on her because she was like okay that's enough now guys like i I get it you like me but yeah she she was the best and uh yeah it was such a we i weirdly though adam she's not been in touch about us going around for christmas yet which is a bit mm. um bit strange i was expecting that uh yeah really? mm. we did try <laughs> didn't we we did try i think after the 48th minute of complimenting she was like you know let's see if i can delete <laughs> retroactively delete all my emails yes oh but if i mean if you're listening you're probably not pauline because you're way too cool and busy to listen to this podcast not that everyone that listens is not cool and busy uh but pauline rand's the best uh so thank you so much what a bloody dream that was and more to come next year mm. hopefully with other cast members by the way we have a christmas gift for you all from Pauline. Ready? This is Pauline Moran wishing you a very Merry Christmas from everyone here at Whitehaven Mansions. What a time. What a Christmas. Shall I read another email? Yeah, go for it. Also, isn't it nice to have Adam reading some emails and not just me talking at you all for a change? You're all very welcome. This is a treat (laughs) because I'm sick of the sound of my voice. I can only imagine that you all are as well uh so this was a message from tanya from croatia noise no way she's <laughs> <laughs> she didn't put that in the email weirdly <laughs> i added that don't read it then okay <laughs> fair, fair point 
Uh, it says, hi, Adam and Frankie. I'm writing to thank you as I've been listening to the podcast since last week. You've provided a much needed comfort food feeling because I got let go, as they say, from my job. Ugh. I know, bloody horrible. I'm so sorry to hear that, Tanya. Uh, she says, morning dog walks have been much more fun and giggly. My father introduced me to Agatha Christie when I was about 10. He had a collection of stories translated in Croatian. He was most proud of the books. My favourite of the series is Evil Under the Sun, forever in search of the silk pyjamas for the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Tanya. That is my favourite. People are so lovely about our podcast and I every single compliment is amazing. But one of my favourite ones to get is when people say it's comfort. That is the best, most wonderful compliment we could ever receive. So I'm so glad yeah. that we're able to give you some comfort during a bit of a rubbish time. And I'm sure next year is going to be much better for you. Mm, absolutely. Well, that's a thing. That's a running theme of the whole Poirot audience, isn't it? Especially, yes. Uh, I think that's where I was trying to get to earlier on with the the whole compliment <laughs> of the of the crowd out there but um everyone seems to be into that sort of cozy vibe so all yes. the comments are like that and all the emails are like that it's lovely good people uh, i have another email here from shannon and shannon says bonjour i don't do this very often in fact this is the very first time i sent an email to a podcast but i wanted to say how refreshing and interesting your podcast is mm, thank you bitch <laughs> um, i've always struggled to get my friends to watch some episode with me or at least start reading the books but they never seem to care hashtag dirty swines dirty swine so when i discovered the labors of hercule through your amazing instagram reels more than a month ago instagram has been very good <laughs> very good <laughs> Uh, I got stuck the minute I started listening to it, and now I simply can't get enough. I love the energy and love you and the community for sharing the Poirot franchise. It feels great to finally have a podcast that I can relate to. Agatha Christie's books have always been a refuge and are by far my favourite books. As much as I love a good marple, I've always felt closer to Poirot. Perhaps because of the way he gets upset every time someone says he's French. And as a French speaker from Switzerland... You can add this one to the list of your countries, says Shannon. Yes. Who has experienced the same. I couldn't agree more. Anyway, thank <laughs> you for the great work and the passion you put into the podcast. I can't wait to hear the next episode. Abianto, Shannon. P.S. Please have mercy and help a non-native English speaker. Do we say damned offensive or damned offensive? It's damned offensive. Do it in the proper voice, please. Yes. You're damned offensive. You're damned offensive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can you can now get the T-shirt, can't you? <laughs> I'm afraid it's <laughs> an obligation. Reminder. Yeah, if we say it, uh, you have to buy it. <laughs> what a lovely email from Shannon. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Shannon. Beautiful. And uh, you're Swiss. That's what, we, that's what we've learned from that. You're Swiss and Poirot's Belgian. <laughs> yes. Do you um, install locks in people's houses and burglar alarms? How come you're being a locksmith here when you're French? Because I am not French, madame. No? No. Where are you from, then? Madame Godbert, tell me, what is the country that is very full of the mountains and divided into cantons? You're never Chinese. No, <laughs> madame. Switzerland. A country famous for its watches, its clocks, and its locks. I have much to say about that very soon. Oh, okay. I'm excited. <laughs> Review. Uh, we have another lovely email here from Ruth. 
And she says, Bonjour, Adam and Frankie. I'm delighted to be the third South African in your string of correspondence. Hopefully, third time is also the charm. I found your podcast after my sister shared the infamous arranging the stamps in order of size reel with me on Instagram and then discovered your page was not only for Poirot memes, but a podcast. I know, right? I've listened to all the episodes in the past week. Wow. What? Blimey. Did you sleep? I know. And I'm so (laughs) sad that I need to wait for more. If I'm honest, it's damn defensive. (laughs) Damn defensive. (laughs) You're damned offensive. (laughs) <laughs> this was sent before we got had our chat with Lisa Minter. So she says, can't wait for your chat with the marvellous Miss Lemon. Keep up the fantastic banter. Much love from Ruth in Johannesburg, South Africa. Oh, I was hoping she was going to be from Australia so we could call her Struth. <laughs> well, we still can, but... Nah, let's do that. That's the truth. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Ruth, anyway. And uh, I, hope, I hope you're having a lovely Yuletide season in South Africa. Do Australians celebrate Christmas at a different time of year? I think they do celebrate it, but they do it on a beach, on a barbecue, a shrimp on the barbie, if you will. I don't know why I keep going to Australia. I don't know why either, because she's from Johannesburg. (laughs) (laughs) So for Christmas, I'm getting Adam a globe. Uh, We're going to look at that. (laughs) Stop me from from putting gin on my cornflakes. (laughs) The best thing to do. One of the running themes of this year, of course, has been uh, uh, Frankie and I's. Should we say disagreement or shall we say sort of grudging agreement on <laughs> the fact that uh, the Kenneth Branagh Poirots have been quite... It's only because he had a new one coming out this year, Haunting in Venice, which mm-hmm. I, I didn't hate. That's not what you said. <laughs> That's I, I not what you said. I didn't hate it. I quite liked it, you know, and I made me revisit the other ones and I, mm-hmm. I didn't think they were as bad as everyone makes out. But, you know, I'm, I'm fairly willing to admit that they are vastly inferior to the David Suchet version. But I think we've had a few messages throughout the year, haven't we? Sort of um, people who don't really like the whole tribalness that sprang up around it. So, I mean, we can put it to bed now, can't we? I mean, it's we can we can always say that Suchet is superior. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was only because that it came out of the cinema and I thought it was worth mentioning on a Poirot podcast. But, yes, we're happy to put that to bed, I think, aren't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I don't know if our listeners all agree with that because we get messages. I get messages like every day from people being like Kenneth Branagh, damn defensive, dirty swine. You're damned offensive, dirty swine. But the thing is, with all of this conversation around it, look, do I do I like Kenneth Branagh? No, not really. But do I accept that some people do, and you know, to each their own, and everyone do what you do to be happy? Absolutely. None of the conversation, none of the banter that Adam and I have mm. is done with any malice at <laughs> all. It's all tongue in cheek. Like we've got some messages from someone being like, "Oh no, it's like our parents fighting." Like, please make up, Adam and Frankie. It's like we haven't fallen out at all. It's not like that. It's just, no. just banter, just lols. It's all, it's all for fun. So bit tongue in cheek. Yeah, that's all I will it say. Was kind of, it was kind of, you know, it was, it was silly not to mention it. It was oh a my new God. Poirot film at the cinema. So, of course, we were going to have to, you know, well, hey, Poirot's on the big screen. Let's see if it reactivates the Poirot crowd. Yeah, and I think it has, for sure, which is great. And so people learn from their mistakes, which is good. Uh, but we also had some uh, comments on Instagram from people saying, are you going to do Team Adam and Team Frankie t-shirts about it? Uh. I mean, you'd like that. 
<laughs> well, because I think mine would sell more. If that's what you mean. I yeah. think they would as well. I think they would yeah. in general. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, no, it's all it's all done from a place of love for David Suchet is Poirot, and you know people can enjoy it. And but also, this is not to say that every person that's emailed me saying, "Oh my God, what the hell is this rubbish." You're not wrong yeah. either. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Uh, you know, it's all good. We're all, this is the thing. The, as we've said, the Poirot community is a very loving, engaged, passionate people. And that's all it is. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a big fan, as I said at the time, of the fact that we seem to be at this sort of turning point now when it comes to entertainment where. For the past decade, it's just been superhero movies, and it just seems to cater to this, you know, the fanboy crowd. And now we're getting really interesting films at the cinema again, like adult thrillers. Like we've got, you know, we had a haunting event. I'm not saying it's a good film, but it was aimed at a certain crowd, and it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, the superhero crowd. It was more grown up. Um, I mean, there's films like Eileen and Saltburn and stuff that are coming out that I'm really sort of, you know, it's great to see films like that and people talking about them and being excited to go to the cinemas again. So. I just think yeah. it's you know, Haunting of Venice just came at this time when superhero films were on the wane and adult films seem to be making a comeback. So for that, I think it's... I, mean, I think adult films have always been popular, Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not a mainstream cinema script. <laughs> Maybe the ones you go to, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Leicester Square screams, aren't they? <laughs> well, look, don't, we don't judge on this podcast. Anyway. Before we go on any further, uh, happy holidays again to you all, by the way. And uh, it's it's marvellous to uh, be spending this lovely Christmas period with you. I just quickly want to give you a heads up again about our Zoom call, which is on the 29th of December at 1900 GMT. So um, we've seen a flurry of interest already, haven't we? Yeah, I I get little notifications whenever people click on the old Zoom link. And a few of you have clicked on the old Zoom link already, which is amazing. I hope you all show up and we're just like, oh, I'm I'm just clicking on this so I know never to click on it again or something, which would be weird. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yeah, do do, do wait until the 29th of December. Don't wait. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> in the room yeah if you if you click early and uh, you know it says that it's not active yet then it's because it's on the 29th of December <laughs> 1900 GMT we've had like you know a good a good fair few dozen and then some uh, yeah <laughs> try to join the I, room I can only so. assume it's because our listeners are so organised they're so Miss Lemon about it they're like I will save this mm-hmm. I will bookmark it right now and that's how that's well, why that's what it is. yeah of course it is well, that's what it is but that sort of you know that period between Christmas and New Year where everyone's still off work but looking for something to do. We're going to have a bit of a Zoom quiz. Frankie and I will be in each, in each other's company and yes. we're going to be hosting the, the little hour and a bit evening. So if you want to come along and with your snowballs and your mince pies and <laughs> and your leftover sandwiches and join us for a little while, it'd be good to see you. Maybe a little beverage as well. We can raise a glass to, to Hercule on this fine a Hercule Tide fun time. <laughs> for our Agatha Christie. Yes. Yes. I'll be having a tea, Sam. Of course. Really looking forward to seeing it. Also, just to say, if you're joining the Zoom call, but you don't want to have your camera on, that's absolutely fine. No pressure to be on camera. Because I know some people feel a bit funny about that. Totally understand. And yeah, just be lovely to see your name even pop up and uh, have some festive fun with us. So yeah, can't yeah. wait. Yeah, it'd be great to see you all. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Adam. While we're talking about events, 
We have a little excite, another exciting announcement to make, don't we, for next year? We do. It's very exciting. It is. Turns out, who knew? Adam and I are actually quite highbrow because we've been... <laughs> <laughs> damned <laughs> offensive. Dirty swine. You're damned offensive. Dirty swine. Uh, they don't know that we're damned offensive, dirty swine, apparently, because we've been invited to the Farnham Literary Festival in March. And yes. we're going to do a little show about the podcast. We have no idea what it's going to be yet. But <laughs> we'll figure given it us, out. <laughs> they've given us a slot and they've said, um, come along and talk about Poirot and talk about podcasting and answer questions and meet people and everything. So, what are the details thing? <laughs> we're going to do it. It's going to be great. Uh, so, it's the 5th of March in Farnham, in Surrey. The actual venue and location TBC within that. But it's from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. And it's going to be great. Uh, tickets will go on sale at some point in the new year, I imagine, or early next year. Uh, as soon as we have a link, we'll chuck it up on our social channels. And we're using it as a bit of an excuse, again, to meet meet more of you guys if you want to come along. It's going to be it's gonna be wild. Who knows what we're going to do? It's going to be great. But you can ask questions <laughs> if you've got any burning questions, not just about Poirot, if you've got ones about podcasting and stuff. You can ask us anything within reason because highbrow crowd uh save the filthy ones for the uh, emails <laughs> but yeah should be fun eh yeah it should be fun so that's tuesday the 5th of march <laughs> at 7 30 p.m at farnham literary festival yes we have an hour slot yeah it'll just be it's going to be quite fun i think we're probably going to record it as well aren't we so, yeah um yeah for those of you who are at the far-flung reaches of the planet, maybe it's something we'll, we'll be able to supply to you later on. But if not, if you want to come along, just meet us and talk Poirot and um, yeah, hear us babble on nonsense <laughs> about <laughs> what be we've fun. done and how we got there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I have to say, if you've not been to Farnham before, it's a very lovely place. I live quite close by. I go there quite a lot and I recommend it as a destination. Mm. I am also doing another panel there if you happen to be around on the Saturday before. If you want to make a wee long weekend of it in Farnham, the hot <laughs> tourist spot, I'm going to be moderating another, the panel I did at Harrogate festival i'm going to be doing it there as well so just to say that's you should call it the frankie literary festival the frank ham literary festival frank ham no no one would call it that very honest it sounds like a very honest gammon (laughs) (laughs) hey gammon's taken on a sinister uh, meaning in the last few years so no thank Mm. you oh well hey adam another thing that you started this year much to my delight was quizzing Surprise kamikaze <laughs> quizzing uh, when well, you least expect it. But Good on me. yeah, I love everyone's <laughs> loved it apart from me. Uh, but we, <laughs> but I've got some quiz questions for you now, and you can Ooh. play along at home, listeners. What a shocking surprise! <laughs> I might have some for you too. What? Well, it's like Christmas. Or something. <laughs> we do plan some of the things that we do after talking about the Farnham Literary Festival. We do, we are, we do, we do plan stuff. Promise. We record for eight hours and turn out forty minutes worth of content. <laughs> so that's how well we plan. <laughs> We're pretty, pretty organised. Pretty organised. Uh, so, are you ready for some sick burn quizzing? I'm born ready. Oh, yeah. So here's the, here's the quiz. Here's how it's going to work. I have five sick burns from pro- past episodes. Oh, are they from this year or from just any episode we've watched? Oh, uh, any episode we've watched. Okay. 
Yeah, kept it broad. And I have to tell you which episode. You have to tell me which episode and who said it. Two points per question. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. That's good, right? If I need to sell myself. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> come on, brain. Come on, brain. Okay, yeah. This, this, this. Some of these. I, there's some easy ones. There's some not so easy ones. I want to keep it interesting. And uh, listeners at home, see if you can remember as well. What a fun time we're all having. Merry Christmas. <laughs> right. Uh, so everyone, grab your pen and paper. Adam's got his, and we'll reveal the answers later on in the show. So, question number one. Are you Googling? I'm looking to see no, what No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm writing on my iPad. So, yeah. Writing, I'm, what? Who said this line for Poro? <laughs> as if they're going to be able to Google the sick burns. You Poro. might be able to. Okay. Well, let's see, shall we? <laughs> number one. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do accents. I'm not going to do voices to make it, because obviously I'd, I'd nail it if I did. But I'm going to make it as blatant as... <laughs> of course. So, here we go. <laughs> Listen, Dyer, I'm going to nail your grubby little hide. Oh, that's Jap. Definitely. Who said that? Um, I'm sure that's the jewel. Oh, God, is that the fence guy? So that would be... I'm going to say Adventure of the Western Star, Jap. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, number two. It's quite a long one. Uh, they have three classes daily, fully comprehensive physical fitness program, exercising the whole body, not just the thumbs. Um, wasp's nest and <sighs> Miss Lemon. Okay, very good. I'm getting all of these wrong. <laughs> Go on. Number three. Uh, this <laughs> one is quite an easy one okay. in terms of who Go said on. it, I think, but we'll see. Well, not a lot, really. Just looks like a typical fro, a typical Frenchman. I mean, a typical Frenchman of his type, of Frenchman. <laughs> that's, that's Hastings. Mm-hmm. I can't for the life of me remember what episode it is. Um, must be where there's a Frenchman in it. So Plymouth Express. Okay. Because um, I think there's a French boyfriend in that. We've all had a French boyfriend in that. I don't know what that means. Okay, a number four. Uh, say magnifique. That's a very obvious start. <laughs> say magnifique. <laughs> Just the place for a restful vacation. The food will be inedible. Oh god, that is Peril End House and Poirot himself. I think. Do you reckon? <laughs> That's a couple of easy ones. Maybe. In. I mean, <laughs> I'm raising my arrangement. Right, and number five, the last one. Mm. She probably has an active imagination. A lot of old dears do. <laughs> That's got to be Hastings again. <laughs> That's the most disparaging way to talk He about hates it. old women so much. It's really horrible um, sometimes. Oh, God. Which one is that? A lot of old dears do. You <laughs> <laughs> can see him saying it. Yeah. Um, can I have a clue? Because like, there's been so many like episodes where he's... Oh, is it the one where he talks about the age? women and how they're which one's that um how it's terrifying how they can do you want a clue it's hunters yeah go on just just a very slight one is it something we've done this year maybe yes okay so um old dears do um i'm looking at the list of episode names Uh uh-huh you're i'll say say double sin okay Okay. Thank <laughs> thank you for playing everyone. We'll be back later to reveal the answers and see how Adam did. 
probably not great. While we're doing quizzes, how about if I give you my quiz, which is five questions. Okay. For these, I, I completely forgot that we're supposed to be doing out of ten, <laughs> so you get two points per question. Okay. <laughs> you right. set that rule. I know. What's wrong with my brain? Okay. <laughs> okay. So mine is all about just just Poirot himself as written by Agatha Christie. Oh, so boy. Lots of these are going might be stamps in the dark, depending on how well read you are. But um, for the Poirot fans out there who are, you know, this this might be matter from heaven. But the Poirot fans who are smarter than me and know more, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure not. Right. Uh, the first question. The tragedy at Marsden Manor first appeared in which story collection? <sighs> a. Um, these are all multiple choices. Okay. Now, so it makes it slightly easier. That does. Is it A. Poirot investigates from 1924? Is it B. Murder in the Muse? from 1937 or C Poirot and the Regatta Mystery from 1943 oh bother uh, hmm. they all sound familiar because they're all familiar that's the bloody they're problem all isn't it books I know yeah. that's the thing they're probably all on my bloody shelves behind me aren't they uh, uh, I'm gonna probably get it wrong and go for C okay okay number two how many years separate the publishing of the first Poirot book to the last. Ooh, so, Mysterious okay. Affair at Styles to Curtain. Okay? So, is it A, 52 years, B, 55 years, or C, 58 years? Thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I'm doing maths. And I'm not good at maths, but I'm angry with you for making me do maths. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm really bad at maths. Uh, Happy Mathsmas. <laughs> Chris Maths. Mm. Come on. I mean, come on. <laughs> it was right there. It was right there. <laughs> that's what I'm here. That's what my role is on this show. Uh, pointing out the obvious. Uh, okay. I'm going to say 55. Okay. Nah. Number three. In Agatha Christie's original description of Poirot, what colour mm -hmm. are his eyes? Is it A, blue, B, golden, or C, green? C, green. Okay. In the big four, for question four, what is the name yes. of Poirot's brother? Is it A, Achille, B, Hector, or C, Castor? A. Okay. Oh, they're like how you looked at me then. <laughs> You're like, really? You stupid. And right, <laughs> this one. <laughs> uh, number five. In, in three-act tragedy, it is revealed that Poirot comes from a family with little wealth and has what? Is it A... A family crest, B, a younger sister, or C, a history of lawmen in the household. <sighs> My questions were so nice. <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever. <laughs> uh, I gave you a really massive clue last time we did a quiz, but whatever. Uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, Do you clue on this one? Yes. It's not A. There you go. Thank you. Okay, I'm gonna go for <laughs> C. C. Okay, cool. We'll uh, we'll uh, reconvene later and see how you did. <laughs> yep, to shout at each other. <laughs> Get angry. <laughs> we'll reveal the answers later. I just quickly want to read this email from Laura Rold, which is uh, 
One of those names that made me think of Roald Dahl. Bonjour, Adam and Frankie. By the way, this is a long one. I do apologise. <laughs> Frankie sent me all the bloody long ones. Because Adam, <laughs> as I said, Adam doesn't normally do emails. So as a treat, you get a nice long Adam voice block. You're welcome, everyone. I'm sure, yeah. Skip on two minutes for this one. <laughs> I write to you from the green, though currently white and fluffy mountains of Vermont. I am a Canadian expat who grew up obsessed with all things Agatha Christie, and I wanted to sincerely thank you both for your excellent podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> I am late to the party as usual. I stumbled onto your marvellous audio concoction via the bad <laughs> robots of Instagram. Instagram's been very good to us this year. Thank you, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Who put one of the delightful meme clips under my nose. And for once, the invasive algorithm made a palpable hit. Thank you hey. very much for giving me this email to read. <laughs> <laughs> Every word that comes up, I'm like, oh no, will I make it? But you have the vocal range to, to execute it perfectly. And I would have f***ed it up, though. Everybody wins. I have been binging back episodes all week. I thought it might be amusing, given the season, to tell you what I've been doing while your dulcet tones and vicious, silly wit have poured out of my (laughs) noise-cancelling earbuds. Well, they don't work then. Building the set and props for the first ever Christmas pantomime in Burlington, Vermont. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. (laughs) Panto never caught on in the United States in a meaningful way. But I grew up in British Columbia and spent my rascally youth parading around in tights throwing styrofoam oranges at the dame while dressed as a village child or wily shepherdess. Wily shepherdess. Oh, that sounds... It's not a pair of words you've really ever seen together. That's a Pornhub <laughs> category that's sorely lacking. <laughs> I bet it's there. I bet it's there. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. So where do I, where do I go to look at Pornhub? <laughs> <laughs> Laura continues, now I'm a full-grown theatre artist with a new works company of her own. And when my company partner asked my thoughts on a full project, I looked at the state of the world and decided we needed to do something that sparked that same childish joy. We took the Canadian understanding of the Christmas panto tradition, introduced it to some American clowning and musical theatre traditions, and the result is our new show, The Gingerbread Scamp. A hilarious tale of creative ambitions and workers' rights where a mischievous cookie is brought to life through the magic of Bernie Sanders' mittens, then pursued on a merry chase throughout the town by the evil biscuit factory owner currently running for mayor who's later revealed to be two skunks in a trench coat. (laughs) That sentence to read, by the way. Wow. (laughs) That sounds like the best panto of all time, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh no, it isn't. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called again? Sorry, the show? It's called the Gingerbread Scamp. Gingerbread Scamp is my uh my roller derby name. <laughs> it's is my it? nice. Yeah, it's it's my <laughs> adult acting name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Don't worry, the day the day is saved by some politically savvy urban chickens, earnest worker activists, and our local lake monster champ. Anyway, as director and designer, I found your podcast a sincere delight as I toil in my studio painting puppets and building stage rigs for Nordic skiing and paddleboarding on stage. It sounds like a Hollywood production on stage. It does. Everyone needs to get themselves to Vermont. Yeah, right. This brings me, finally, to my question. (laughs) Apart from the ubiquitous mousetrap, which Christie stage plays, do you enjoy most? Directing a Christie is on my personal and professional bucket list, <sighs> and her stage plays are mostly excellent. Any faves? Thank you for bringing your abundant love for the TV Poirot to my ears and season's greetings from land of deep forests and posh ski resorts. That's from Laura Rold in Burlington, Vermont. 
Blimey. So what what would you say is your favourite Agatha Christie play? Uh, I've seen a few and I'm actually, I've got tickets to go to one in January as well. Cool. What are you seeing? And then there were none, which I have seen before and I enjoyed. And I'm going to go again because it's a different touring company, I think, or a different cast. And it's such a great story. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. How about you, Adam? Um, I've shame to say I've never seen a Christie stage play. I've, do you want do you want to come and see? And then there were none with me. <laughs> <laughs> I had tickets to go and see the Mousetrap, and then COVID happened, so oh. uh, I'm never rebooked. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I still don't know the ending of the Mousetrap, which is, I think is very good going for someone mm. of my vintage. So <laughs> I'm very pleased that I managed to keep that a secret. Well, th- <laughs> I have seen the Mousetrap, and they do say at the end. Don't tell anyone. And everyone listens. And everyone listens because we're Agatha Christie fans and we are honourable good folk and we take it seriously. But that, I have to say, I want to go and see that play in Vermont. That sounds really fun. Pantos in the UK are not always the best. I know you've seen a good one lately, mm-hmm. but that sounds like a bit more my speed if I were to go to a panto. So if you ever want to tour to the UK and come over here, do let us know and we'll uh, we'll happily attend. Yeah. Throw in a murder and just say it's Agatha Christie's lost manuscript. Or oh, my God. Absolutely. Or at least Mary Westmacott. Yeah. I've not seen Black Coffee on the stage, actually, and I would really no. like to. That tours sometimes. Alibi's another one of hers, mm. stage play. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, adaptations of her stories for the stage are one thing, but stage play, she actually wrote a stage play. So it would be quite interesting yeah. to see Black Coffee, because um, that's a Poirot story I just don't know. And no, me neither. David performed it once, didn't he? Once, I know. Yeah. Mm. Damn it. Damn well, it. hopefully he'll come back and we can go. Yep. Come on, David. You could easily sell out a West End run. With that. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oof. We'll help you do whatever needs to be done. <laughs> cool. I've got another lovely email here from Tia who says, mm-hmm. Hi, Frankie and Adam. I'm a new listener and I discovered you via Instagram. Instagram's been very good to us this year. Thank you, Instagram. Uh, and it says, I'm so gl- and they say I'm so glad I did. I've seen some episodes of Poirot multiple times, but some not all. So your show is encouraging me to watch them properly. I'm partway through series two with you at the moment and gradually catching up. I'm having a brilliant time, and I love how you highlight the fun moments and the sick burns and the clues. I can't say I'm doing particularly well at solving them, but I do enjoy watching, listening and trying. Now, if you'll excuse me, it's time for my next episode. And that was from Tia. Lovely. That's a nice short email. Yep. I I know what I'm doing. Yeah, you got that one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just giving the people what they want, which is more Adam. Sure, I bet it is. Yeah, it is actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's lovely. Um, So many lovely people out there. We're very lucky. And of all the episodes... We've watched this year. We thought we'd rank our top five. What do you think? Yes. Frank our top five. Hey. So, Adam, let's look back at the episodes we've talked about this year and share our top five Borrow TV episodes. But the, the, the twist is, listeners, we're going to say it at the same time to see if Adam's mm. and, Adam and I match on our mm. top five, starting at number five, working our way to number one. Yeah. Okay, cool. And it'd be interesting to see whether our opinions or affection uh, over the course of the years have changed for certain episodes, because I think we can probably agree that last year's highlight was, you know, we had Problem at Sea, we had The Dream, yeah, you know, but it was May- and Peril at End House and all that kind of yeah. thing. And they were all just 
stellar examples, weren't they? But from the episodes this year, we've reviewed 19 wow. stories. Uh, we've had two interview episodes. And, of course, there's this episode. So we've done 22 appearances this year. Uh, wow. 26, you know, available fortnight. So we've been quite, quite busy this year, really. Um, it's been a joy. Thanks for sticking around if you've listened to all of those, everyone. That's really nice of you. You're very tolerant <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So your fifth favourite episode of the year. Ready? Yep. I'll say mine and you say yours. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. The, the mystery Cornish of the Sound of Chest. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on then. Why, why Spanish Chest? But you know what? This is a, the, uh, In terms of mystery, it's not the best mystery of Spanish Chest. And I agree on that. But I think we had so much fun when we recorded that episode. And there was so mm. much like fu- goodness that we pulled out of it. That's what, one thing I've really enjoyed about doing this show is that you watch a sh- an episode, you enjoy it for what it is. And then when we talk about it, I always see it in a different way or think about it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it just make, brings a whole new level of love to it. So, mm. and I really enjoyed that episode. Shout out to Mike Boyce who joined us for that one. That was a yeah. lot of fun. And I do, the eye horror thing is just so haunting and terrifying and stays with me forever. So I think that, earns a place in the top five for me for that reason. Let us look at these Spanish chests. Hello. It is not the same. Ah, the carpet has been taken up, sir. You see his things? This chest, it is clearly visible from the door, yes? But... Yes. The screen conceals most of it from the rest of the room. How about you, Adam? Well, I picked the the Cornish mystery. I have to say, this top five for me has totally judged through the heart and not perhaps cerebrally. I've gone with the episodes that have stood out for me and meant the most to me. So I've uh, picked the Cornish mystery. I think the comedy is probably... I don't think the mystery is particularly amazing uh, because it's kind of resolved. But I just love... The whole story of it. I think the comedy is priceless. And it contains one of my favourite ever Poirot (laughs) endings. Jap chomping on a pasty, shaking his fist at (laughs) fleeing Poirot. The inspector says, can you come please, sir? The trial's been adjourned. Adjourned? What for? Mr Radner's confessed, sir. Confessed? To the murder. He confessed to that French gent. In writing. Poirot! Poirot! (laughs) <laughs> it's just one of my favourite endings. Plus the whole Hastings, you know, managing to trick the villain at the end. Yes. I won't, I won't do it. For, I won't, um, you know, spoil it for people who haven't yet got to that episode. But um, yeah, the whole Hastings being super smart at the end is just genius. But then he ruins it all by, you know, that moment in the core. <laughs> 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 That's Barrow's face. Absolute so, yeah, daggers. It just has yeah. so many of those moments for me. I love it. It's one of the ones I return to. Yeah, number five for me, Cornish Mystery. Very good. Okay, mm. number four then. Go for it. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one. The Veil Lady. Tragedy Manor. Oh! <laughs> okay. Go on then. Why Tragedy at Master Manor? Uh, I really love how spooky this one is. I love mm. spooky. Is where my heart always goes to a spooky place. And... It's also, again, really fun. There's The comedy in it is gold as well. Poirot is in a foul mood most of the time. 
uh, and the wax museum and the hotel and oh god it's all just pure gold and again i really enjoyed talking about that one with you as well so i yeah and that's just yeah good spooky fun and the denouement of that is great as well really enjoy that one yeah it's really good yeah renick's fingerprints are all over it plus oh, it has yes. a niswar salad in it that's one of the craziest pub lunches <laughs> I've ever seen. A big bowl of hard-boiled eggs next to all the other ingredients. You know, like on MasterChef, they always do like deconstructed. That is like the ultimate mm. deconstructed niçoise when you have to reconstruct it yourself <laughs> to eat it. Yeah. Uh, really I respect crazy. that. Yeah. And the eggs. Yes, the broken eggs. It must still be there. Ah, why did I not see before? Here, here are 48 hard-boiled <laughs> peeled eggs for you. <laughs> I just love it. Because also you can imagine Poirot going into the kitchen being like, have you got a Niswa salad? And they're like, what is that? And he's like, give me these eggs. I'll show you. <laughs> and, I, and just takes it with him to his table, hmm. which is perfect. But why the veiled lady, Adam? Well, I really like the mystery, for one. I think it sort of twists and turns at just the right points. You know, mm-hmm. begins with this enigmatic veiled lady setting up this thing. And then the comedy of watching Poirot turn into a housebreaker is genius. Hastings is perfect all the way throughout, especially when he runs for his life, jumps through, and at least Poirot to his own fate. I think the whole the whole mystery where you know where he's, where he's hidden it and how Poirot finds the thing, yeah, and then that twist at the end is perfect. But for me, it's the Mad Dog moment when you chat. It's the little guy. Vicious looking character, isn't he? He hasn't been any trouble. Nah, he's too clever for that. We wanted to get our hands on him for months. Apart from not giving a name. What is his name? This is not funny, Jack. Well, nobody knows his real name. But everyone calls him Mad Dog. Mad Dog, eh? Mad Dog. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Veiled Lady for me. It's just... It's great. Plus, you have a chase through the Natural History Museum. Yeah. And Frances Barber is so good in that as well. She's very good. The accent yeah. work is just... Yeah. Uh, Nebbed! <laughs> <laughs> oh, good! Cool, blimey. Very good. Okay, this is interesting. Okay, so we haven't mm. had any matches yet. No, I wonder if we'll get one now. Number three. Okay. Okay. Ready? Three, yep. two, one. Wasp's Double nest. Sin. Oh, now this is very interesting. Wow. You've got Wasp's Nest as your third. It was nearly second. It was, spoiler. With Wasp's Nest, again, it's not one that it's a super complex mystery, but for me, it's, it's one of the ones with the most heart in it. And it's so, also shout out to Therese, who came on and recorded that one with us, which was great. It was one of the ones I hadn't seen for ages and then watched it and was kind of floored by how beautiful and subtle and nuanced the whole the whole episode was. And just, yeah, it really highlighted Poir- the softness of Poirot, which I think often gets lost in adaptation. Uh, you know, a lot of the Poirot adaptations, he can be quite brutal, he can be quite harsh and like dismissive of emotion. But that to me was like perfect David Suchet Poirot. And it's and there's still comedy in it. It's still greatness. Poor Jap with his his jippy tummy, Jip, jappy jippy tummy, um, and he's <laughs> having to have his assumingly his appendix out. And he took a Capaldi, you know. So there's a lot of gold in it. Uh, I really enjoy that one. Stomach still giving you jip? 
That crab mayonnaise sandwich I had for lunch like there's not. Taxi! Be a fine way to spend my afternoon off if I end up contracting food poisoning. Hastings! How about Excellent. you? Double sin, then. Double sin. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a very clever mystery anyway. Because you get two sins for the price of one. Yes. The bait and switch of the aunt and the niece and the, you know, the constant, the the way they layer the red herrings in with the man with the moustache on the run. So I think that's that's all cool. But what makes it stand out for me, I know you're will always make it stand out for me, it's, it's the episode where, you know, Poirot and Jab have this antagonism all the way through. And it turns out that uh, Jap, you know, is actually on Poirot's side, always has been. And it's just one of those moments for me that it, it sort of transcends the episode itself. It's like that moment is just one of the most perfect Poirot moments for me, where yeah. he reveals what he really thinks about Poirot. He doesn't even know Poirot is there. Always listening backstage. It's just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And it's so well written, so well characterized. Except, I have to say, for one. I have been fortunate in my career in that many, indeed perhaps most, of my cases have been shared with that most extraordinary of private detectives. And if I may borrow a word from his own native tongue, that doyen of the Belgian police force, Monsieur Hercule Poirot. I think I may say, without fear of contradiction, that Hercule Poirot has one of the most original minds of the 20th century. Intelligent, brave, sensitive, devastatingly quick. Hercule Poirot stands head and shoulders above any other detective of my considerable experience. And it's the way Poirot is so antsy with him all the way through. And he refuses to be engaged with the mystery. And then when he finds out that he's been wrong all this time, He's like, right, well, I better do you all a favour and then just quickly solve this thing for you. <laughs> it's so yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, fine. I'll, I'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just it's a really good, solid, fun, heartfelt episode. I love it so much. Double sin. Oh, they're all, this is the problem. They're all really good. So it's really <laughs> hard really to actually time. do a chart. <laughs> okay, number two. This is going to be interesting. It is. I think I, okay, think, I know what you're going to say, and I think it's the same as mine. Okay, ready? Three, two, one... The, the mysterious murders. affair at Styles. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> hey. Really interesting. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Go on then. Mysterious affair at Styles. Go for it. Because it's the mysterious affair at Bloody Styles. It's the OG. It's you know where everything began, and you get that adorable moment of mon ami, mon ami when they see each other for Hastings and Poirot. The mystery's really bloody clever. And it's just the archetype for everything that came after that. Like it was the first story Agatha Christie wrote and it set the tone for murder mysteries and the whole construct of them and whodunits for Mm. the rest of time. And it's Mm. a great mystery and a great episode and it's perfect and I love it. Half a dozen stamps, please. Very good, sir. Hastings. Good Lord. Monsieur Poirot. It is indeed mon ami Hastings. <laughs> I was talking about you only the other day. Oh, mon ami, mon ami. <laughs> I love the fact it was the first sort of movie one they made as well. Yes. It? It's beautifully done. Yeah. Styles yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. And Styles is, it's Styles. Like, we know we're going to end up there. And it's, yeah, all the more poignant for it, isn't it? Mm, excellent. Well, I've picked the ABC murders. 
Yes, yeah. tell me. <laughs> I, I think I think perhaps everyone thought that, that might have been my top episode of the year. I think I'm probably I did agonise over my top two. I'll be honest with you, but I love that you think you're watching a serial killer thriller. In fact, you're seeing one of the most cleverly constructed, impeccably filmed mysteries with a perfect amount of clue layering in it. It's perfect in every way. And it's my go-to episode that I recommend to people as a gateway because it contains just enough of the humour and the mystery to give you the perfect sampling of what the rest of the series is like. You could go from this and then watch The Adventure of the Clap and Cook because you've already got the whole Jack and Hastings dynamic set up. And I just think it's a a masterful piece of work. And the fact that no one's really bettered it in terms of, you know, adaptations. The John Mm. Malkovich one was just... It was so gnarly and yeah. so mean-spirited and cold and, try, you know, shocking for shocking sake when it didn't need to be because the yeah. story itself was already already great. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, I think it's a masterpiece. It's definitely top three episode for me of all time. Yes. So, how have you been these last six months? Busy? No. The little grey cells, I fear, they grow the rust. When the date approached for your return, I said to myself, now something will arise. We will hunt again together, we two. Sorry. But it must be no common affair, Hastings. It must be something recherché, delicate, fine. Anyone would think you were ordering dinner at the Ritz. Okay, that's my gosh. number two this year. And that's, I have to say, I'm going to stress again, I'm going with ones I love the most. Okay. In this, in this chart. Wow, so okay. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, number one. Okay, three, two, one. The ABC Murders. You see, I, okay. I, I, it was, I, that was kind of the same thing. Okay. Well, I mean, you kind of covered it very eloquently why ABC Murders is so great. It is perfect. And we had so much fun talking about it. We talked for two hours. <laughs> the episode was two hours and 20 minutes long. Uh, us just raving about it and it's for for good reason because it's a masterpiece truly and Donald Sumter's performance I just cannot get over how incredible it was how nuanced and layered and just a masterclass in acting and everything that's great so yeah that's why I chose ABC Murders number one but you do know that you committed the murders yes yes I do know that and I am right, am I not? That you do not know why you committed them? No. No, I don't. Uh, why Wasp's for you? Thank you. Well, because it's one of the ones I look on more fondly. Um, yeah. I, I mean, ABC Murders, don't get me wrong, I've just expressed my admiration for it. Yes. I do think it's a masterpiece. But I think for having squeezed so much story into 45 minutes and turning in not just a mystery but a Shakespearean tragedy and it's literally it's so full it's so well written it's just an incredibly as a standalone piece of work it's impeccable it's perfect I love the original story as well Mm. I've read it many times but I think for me the genius of Wasp's Nest as part of the TV show, is that they completely took it apart and put it together as a TV episode instead yeah. and turned it into something that was even better than Agatha Christie's original story. And they went above and beyond and they turned an already great story into something that was even more resonant and timeless. It's like a human 
I don't know. It, it sort of covers everything. I mean, it's funny. You know, he sits on a wasp and all that stuff. That's yeah. great. You also get great Hastings and Poirot stuff, especially the chemist. You know, yes. <laughs> but then you have this like hidden story behind it all that you don't even realise is going on. And then when it's revealed, it's like, what? How did you manage to write this many stories yeah. at once and, and reveal them all at the end? I mean, the, the whole short story begins with Poirot turning up at the end and yeah. explaining you know, all this sort of thing. And to, to, have, to have taken that and just turned it into a climax and then rewritten this entire story, I just think it's so perfect. Plus it has, you know, the most golden, beautiful ending at the end. I just absolutely adore it. So I, th- I think with my heart, Wasp's Nest, I think for me, as as just just as a an exercise in storytelling, forty five minutes and, and there's that much in it. It's yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. And Poirot, I thank God you came. There you go. I can't believe we had all different ones. That's quite surprising. I think it's good. It's when, you, when you said Wasp's Nest is your number three, I was like, oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, everything's going to be different then. <laughs> but this is the thing. It's like, and I don't have children, but I imagine it's like picking your favourite child. Like you can't mm. really rank them because it, they're all amazing. And ideally you just want to watch all of them, not just one. <laughs> so it's it, like... It, it, if the King of Clubs was my child, apart I would from that, it, put it up yeah. for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> Look, everyone's got a dud in the family. We know that. But like, uh, yeah, no, it's... it's this, we, this show is incredible. <laughs> There's a reason mm. why we do this show and why so many wonderful listeners now listen to this show is because we all love Poirot and we all love this mm. show and it's a masterpiece so it's yeah they're all they're all good there is no wrong answer to your top five really absolutely so, yeah. that was yeah. cool yes I have to say honourable mention really loved the Plymouth Express and Mysterious Apparent Styles as well this year I can't believe you didn't put Styles on there I'm shocked truly I, I, I do you know what I, I think there are great moments in it for me it's not it's not an episode I go back to a lot because I just really? think it's, it's almost like they took all the formula that they'd done up until then, like on the parallel end house and all the short stuff. But it came and up. Then they kind of went, I know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really weird. I, I very rarely remember the mystery from mysterious. Paris oh, how you the whole can Alfred Englethorpe little, stuff. Yeah. Little yeah. beardy man, angry little beardy man. I was watching it when we watched it this year and thinking, Oh yeah, it's this one. Oh, is it? I just always found I don't know the story of it quite unmemorable but I do love all the meat cute stuff again at the beginning and you know Poirot leading his troop of Belgian refugees through the forest and stuff that's all great but for me yeah. it's it's more it's more moments I really like instead of fair enough hearing, yeah, fair I'm enough probably gonna get crucified so no 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 as I've said there is no wrong answer to a top five but mm. it's a personal thing so I totally understand yeah I'm really pleased that all our all our top five were different that's really yeah. cool I think it is cool, but there's still some, still, still like some noteworthy episodes within that. But just, yeah, yeah. yes, interesting. Well, I have another email here, one from Rene Herman, who says, "Hi, Frankie and Adam, thank you for your wonderful podcast. I'm oh. always delighted when I see a new episode pop up on my feed. I was hoping you would have suggestions for a good entry point for Poirot slash Christie for kids." My oldest read The Westing Game at school, and I thought it might be a good time to introduce the wonderful world of Agatha to him. He's ten, so only a year younger than I was when I stumbled upon And Then There Were None. Thanks, Rene from Chicagoland, USA. What's a good entry point, do you reckon, Frankie, for children? Ooh, that's a good question. 
And this is where we do have to remember these are stories about murders. But, you know, 10's mm. as good as age as, as any <laughs> to get into yeah. murder chat. Kid, kids like grungy stuff, don't they? They mm. sure do. And they're all like, you know, they see the news and all that kind of thing. Well, they do have murders from time to time. So maybe I to stop trying to protect the kids and reveal harsh murders to them. This is a good question. Are we talking about books or are we talking about episodes? I don't know if she means books or episodes, but we can recommend both perhaps. Well, if you're going for books, I would say the Poirot short story collection is like yes. amazing. It's one of the books I've read the most in my life because they're just so yeah. readable. You can read the whole one in half an hour and just go, oh, so good. It's a good idea. Great bedtime reading. Um, either that or The 13 Problems is really good, Miss Marple. Um, because it's basically them discussing crimes that have happened in the past. So you're not really in there. It's not as visceral. It's like the first episode, uh, sorry, the first story is about, you know, a poisoning that happened years before. And there's a clue about, well, I won't give it away, but it's very clever anyway. And they're good reading as well. All Agatha Christie, they're not sort of literary highbrow, all, all that kind of stuff. So you don't get lost Accessible. in seas of similes and things. They're just really readable, good, fun, simple stories. So I would go with the short story collections. In terms of episodes, um, I think Problem at Sea is fantastic. It's not too gory or anything, and it's got a really ingenious solution. And I I will proclaim the uh, riches and rewards of the dream until the day I die. That's a very clever one, too. So I'd say the dream or Problem at Sea are good entry point ones. ABC Murders, perhaps a little bit grisly for a 10-year-old. That's a thing. Stabbings and blood and things. Otherwise, I would say that one. So it depends, really, on what your child is used to and uh, what they can stand. I would also say, in terms of book-wise, again, is like the the labours of 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 Hercules, labours oh, of Hercule. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great story collection. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think I think that's a really good point. Is like the short stories is a nice entryway because if he doesn't get on with one of the stories, like a whole book, he can just move to the next one and it won't put him off. Not that it would, because they're all gold, as we've said. So. Um, and in terms of episodes, it depends how tough your kid is. I don't know your kid. I'm sure they're very, he's very cool. But if you want to go for a non-murdery one, then, you know, maybe that could be a nice way to kind of ease into it. One with a bit of fun in it as well. Maybe The Veiled Lady could be a fun one because there's a good yeah. mystery in it and it's a bit of fun and there's not murder in it. So it's not super scary. If your kid's tough and can handle scary, then show them Problem at Sea because the doll will scare uh, the crap out of your son because it scares me and I'm a grown woman. So, uh Yeah. There are a lot of good options, but hey, yeah. you're doing it. You are a good parent thinking about this. So well done, you. <laughs> yeah, nice one. Yeah, nice. Cool. So had another email as well from Tony with an I, uh, who says, Bonjour both. I tried Instagram, but apparently I was born in the 1920s. So email it is. <laughs> I've really, I've been really enjoying your podcast and wanted to share my appreciation of being able to listen to others who enjoy the works of Agatha Christie. I know Frankie has some Poirot tattoos and I wanted to share my current work in progress of a murder mystery inspired sleeve. Can you see which bits are Christie inspired? I'll have to send this to you, but it's very cool. Okay, nice. I visited Greenway for the first time this year and in the boathouse, I was asked if I wanted to sit in her chair. I've never said yes to anything so fast in my life. If my partner ever gets to popping the question, I'll have to compare. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really looking forward to getting to Halloween party as it's one of my favourite episodes. I saw a haunting in Venice and all I can say is the disappointment is real. Uh, And that was from Tony. (laughs) Just sneak that in there, didn't you? (laughs) I didn't write the email. And I said, like I say, I get these emails a lot from very valid and important listeners. So... 
Tony, <laughs> your sleeve looks bloody awesome. And I need to study it very closely. I'll share it with Adam uh, to look at it. But anyone that gets murder mystery inspired tattoos is pretty cool in my book. Mm, so, amazing. yes. <laughs> I have a nice, an Instagram message actually that I would like to read out that came in the other day as well from Charlotte. And she says, hi, Frankie and Adam. Just wanted to say thank you in caps so much for this wholesome podcast. I love the enthusiasm and funnies you bring to the Poirot episodes. I also spent my childhood watching the reruns of Poirot on ITV3 after school and have basically been watching them on repeat ever since. I was wondering what your favourite quote from any episode so far. I recently rewatched The Disappearance of Mr. Davenheim and the parrot for Mr. Poirot shenanigans is actually hilarious. Morning, sir. I've got a parrot for Mr. Poirot. Yeah, no, no, no. Poirot. It is pronounced Poirot. I beg your pardon, Governor. I've got a Poirot for Mr. Poirot. And says thanks again and happy Christmas from Charlotte from Cornwall. Ooh, blimey. I mean, this is just... It's so many to choose from. There's damn defensive. You're damned offensive. There's yeah. A, <laughs> there's a, the way Poirot says Mr. Benedict Falley every time in uh, the dream. <laughs> Monsieur Benedict Falley. Great. I love everything in the Cornish mystery, especially Poirot. Yes. And, but I don't think I'll ever forget Jap saying, that is, except for one <laughs> double sin. So um, there's loads. I mean, there's just so many. It's just, it's just yeah. limited with genius writing. Yeah, it's you? so hard. It's so hard to pick one, and you've you've picked all the biggies. I think the the weirdly the one that I I hear in my head the most, which is an issue I need to address with my therapist, is from Problem at Sea, and it's when he gets the little girl to be the doll, and she goes, "No." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, even no, hearing doors you, doors locked, John. Don't want to be disturbed oh, by the stewards. Do you, Mappity? No. Now, can you tell us anything about the death of Madame Clapperton? What is it, John? Doors locked. The doors locked. Don't want to be disturbed by the stewards. I don't want to be disturbed by the stewards. So, so clever. Mm. Just, it's just the way the little girl goes, no. <laughs> like, so I hear that in my head a lot, late at night in the dark. <laughs> That's why you're the way you are. That's why, why I've been awake since four. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, but there are so many great ones. Hey, listeners, do feel free to send us your favourite quotes because I love to read yeah. them. Mm, yeah. Well, before we leave, shall we uh, quickly... See how you did on the quiz? Should we see how you did on the quiz? <laughs> Go on, then. <laughs> Annoying that you've done quite well. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> no, it annoys me that you've done quite well. So for number one, the quote was, listen, Dyer, I'm going to nail your grubby little hide. You said okay. Inspector Jap, which was correct. But you also said Western Star, which is wrong. The answer is The Lost Mine. Ah, Okay. So you get one point for that one. Okay. Number two, the quote was, they have three classes daily, fully comprehensive physical fitness program, exercising the whole body, not just the thumbs. You said Miss Lemon, which is correct. And you said Wasp's Nest, which is also correct. So Yay! two points for you, sir. Amazing. Thank you. 
As I said, it's annoying. I think I made this too easy. And um, next time I'm going to be really, really mean. Uh, number three, the line was, well, no, it's not really. This looks like a typical frock. A typical Frenchman. I mean, a typical Frenchman <laughs> of the type of Frenchman. You said, <laughs> you said Hastings and you said the Plymouth Express, both of which are correct. So, hey. two, so I made it too bloody easy. Two points for you, sir. Number four. Uh, I gave, I, again, I should have left off the same magnifique part. Uh, just, <laughs> uh, just the place for restful vacation. The food will be inedible. You said Perilla and House and that it was Poirot and both were correct. Hey, Two more points. I know. I'm very annoyed. Last but not least, the, the, the burn was she probably has an active imagination. A lot of old dears do. You said Captain Hastings, which was correct. But you did say double sin, which is wrong. The answer is, how does your garden grow? Oh, okay. So, cool. so you oh, got the, eight. Yeah, the beginning, wasn't it? You got wow. eight out of ten. Oh, I'm very pleased with that. Thank you. Very Congratulations, much. gold star for you. Now tell me how badly I did on your questions. Well, let's see. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I was so question. nice with my questions. I'm too nice. This is what I'm learning. <laughs> you say this all the time. They're just questions. They're gonna be nice. Yeah, but mine or are not. nice. And if we listen, if we played back the tape from the ABC Murders, I gave you a stonk clue for the very first question but whatever carry on well i helped you out by just saying that all of wasn't a yeah right 50 50 um number one the tragedy at mars the manor first appeared in which story collection was it a poirot investigates b murder in the muse or c poirot and the regatta mystery you guessed c the answer was a it was poirot investigates i did nearly say that How many years separate the publishing of the first Poirot book to the last? 52, 55, or 58 years? You said B, 55, and you're correct. Yes. 1920 to 1975. Maths. That's two points, do you? Thank you. In Agatha Christie's original description of Poirot, what colour are his eyes? Blue, golden, or green? You said green. You're correct again. That's two points. Thank God. In the big four, what is the name of Poirot's brother? Achille, Hector, or Castor? You said Achille, you're correct again, Frankie. You, you nearly well, threw me there, because after I said it, you gave me a look as in like, is it though? And I was like, oh my is God, like I'm doubting my brain now, <laughs> but no. Phew, okay, carry on. In three-act tragedy, it's revealed that Poirot comes from a family with little wealth and has what? Is it A, a family crest? Well, I told you it wasn't that one. So it's either a younger sister or a history of lawmen in the household. You guessed a history of lawmen in the household. You're wrong, unfortunately. Apparently, Poirot has a younger sister. I don't so. like that. <laughs> he's got big he's only child energy, and I don't believe it. He's he's someone's big brother. It's very strange. I mean, no, I, I disagree. Agatha <laughs> Christie on her character. <laughs> She's wrong, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's fair enough. I, that was a guess, so that makes sense. Yeah. Well, he got six out of ten, so that's not bad. Perfectly respectable. Seeing as how you said that these are the cruelest questions of all time. I didn't say the cruelest questions of all time. That was the first quiz you did for me. <laughs> it was the cruelest of all time. But this is a close third in the worst quiz of all time. <laughs> Thank you. So how did you do, folks? Did you get any of those right or all of them right? Did you thrash me and Frank? I'm, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure they did. Yes. Anyway, it's fun to play with you. Likewise. And hey, Adam. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. And Merry Christmas to <laughs> everyone listening. Thank you all. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> everyone. 
Um, yes, we're off to go and perform our own little Christmas miracles now. But thank you very, very much for downloading and being a part of our lovely and growing community throughout 2023. Lots more to come in 2024, including a few surprises, I might say. Yes. And um, don't forget, if, if you'd like to join us on the 29th of December for a festive get-together and a little bit of a chance to test your wits with us on a Zoom call, and that's the 29th of September. It's 1900 GMT. Yes. One other thing we haven't mentioned yet, and I feel like it is worth noting, we launched merchandise this year. We did. Very recently, which mm. is crazy. I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone that's bought something because quite a few of you have, which was a really lovely surprise. We weren't expecting that. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. <laughs> um, it forced us to quickly learn how things like Shopify and PayPal oh worked. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have to quickly give a shout out to you, Frankie, because you made everything possible. <laughs> putting in your own money to fulfill orders at the beginning of this experiment. We've learned a lot in the last couple of months about online yeah. shops. And, yeah, no, we... <sighs> Yeah, we're, we're all good ridiculous now. ridiculous system. Oh, my God. The way, that they don't tell you anything about when you first sign up. Oh, great. No. So the money comes in from the customer, and then we use that money to pay for the order. <laughs> yes, but unfortunately, um, we, we, we all require six months worth of... Oh, really? So what are yeah. we supposed to do? Are we supposed to... Yeah. Uh, it's very, yeah. very strange. Yes, I, I did fulfill some. <laughs> Frankie, through her kindness, uh, fulfilled the first batch of orders, should we say, and then was paid back when we were allowed to release yes. funds. It was very strange. It was strange. But we were, we've learned a lot and it's all fine now. Everything's level and I'm not paying for people's T-shirts anymore. But it was, it was, we were so scared of disappointing people and letting people down that had ordered because we were so excited about the shop and we were so, so focused on all the good bits. We didn't think about the horrifying logistics of running an online merch store, but it's all good now. And I, can't tell you what joy it brings us to see photos of people with the stuff when it arrives mm. so thank you to everyone that shared it already if you are going to get if your if your stuff's coming or if you're going to order please do send us a photo of you with it because it really does make a whole day to see it mm -hmm. and it, yeah it's very very exciting i've ordered probably more than i should have at this point <laughs> My if you're part wardrobe. of Frankie's friends, friends and family in real life, you can expect either mugs, notebooks, or, or Act clothing. surprised <laughs> on Christmas. <laughs> friends and family who probably don't even listen to the show. But uh, it's, I have to say, as to our great relief as well, the quality is really good. So Yeah, it, it's not tat, which is, which is a very big relief. Yes. So thank you to everyone who's who's done that. It's really very, as I say, we weren't expecting a lot and you guys have always blow our minds with your support and thank you. It's just unbelievable. Mm. It's unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, it's very <laughs> sweet. It's very cool. And uh, yeah, we love you all. Thank you very much. Yes. Any last thoughts you want to add, Frankie, before we disappear off for our various Christmases? Uh, no, I think so. Let's go make some rabbit deliers and settle in for the, the holidays, I think. Let's go soak some juniper berries. We're actually going to go to Costco <laughs> this week, aren't we? And uh, yes. get our Christmas shopping. So we'll, uh, we might have a, a couple of things on the day that uh, are coming in the future. So uh, watch out for those. But yes, yes, thank you very much for spending the year in our company. And we've seen all of the nice Spotify unwrapped 
chart yes. where we've been featuring in people's top fives and all that kind of thing. So thank you very much for your continued support. And uh, we're looking forward to 2024 in your company too. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Adam, for putting up with me for a whole year and a half on this, this thank wonderful you, show. Thank you, Frankie, for likewise. Ah, oh, that nice? We tolerate each other. It's nice. <laughs> Happy holidays to you. <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. And joyeux Noël. Oh, very très bien. <laughs> if you like to keep up date with what we're doing or get in touch with us you can follow us on twitter or x or whatever that numbskulls called it now at labors hercule we're also on instagram if you like pictures at labors of hercule and we're on threads at labors of hercule and if you're born in the 1920s yourself like i was you can be all old-fashioned and email at bonjour at the labors of hercule.com that's it from us see you next time Au revoir, mes amis.